I forgot Phil's fucking question, so I'm recording this addendum with the fight selections and the listener questions. This is fighting with myself. Oh oh oh, fighting with myself. Oh oh oh, yeah. What it is, everybody? Welcome to a special bonus episode of the Fighting with Myself podcast, the podcast for the average MMA fan, hosted by an above-average man. And you already know, I am that man. My name is Juice. And um, this is meant to be uh, a little sort of epilogue, if you will, um, to um, episode 15. Uh, It'll be kind of like a continuation of the forum. You know, um, if you listen to the first episode of this podcast, you know the goal and what I really want to do is to have this be an open discussion for um, MMA fans and and um, really anyone who wants to get their um, thoughts and ideas out there. And I kind of failed at that last time because I, I, um, I had a lot of people go, go in on it. And I was just so, I was so fired up about that damn Herb Dean stoppage that I couldn't like focus on everything. And I fucking, I missed some very good questions from... Phil the MMA Dude, a good friend of this podcast, um, one of my favorite follows on Twitter. If you aren't following him and you think you're part of MMA Twitter, you're missing a very key component, in my opinion. Um, him and the Fight Geek uh, are essential. Um, what they do with the Split Podcast, very, very good for this community. And um, really, the forum is about bringing all those people together. So I kind of, I tag them and, and a lot of the, my other uh, fellow podcasters, G as well. Um, hopefully she's going to um, join the forum soon. And um, I, I miss, I miss. So this is to kind of, um, I don't know, make up for that. And I, and, I, and I also got some some very interesting voice questions as well that were kind of late. They didn't make the episode that I wanted to include here because I think if I get too many of the of those, you know, moving forward, uh, or if the form goes along, I might just release it as a separate episode like I'm doing now, kind of. And I think that'll be fun, kind of like a midweek little bonus. So let's let's get right into it. This is just kind of piggybacking off of last episode and piggybacking off of uh, UFC Sacramento. Um, Phil the MMA dude said, wow, what a performance from the Iron Lady. Do you think Nunez does the rematch with her at 135 or 145? Could be either since GDR was the first 45 champ. And dude, this is a very good but very tough question because she's literally she was ranked number one even going into the fight. She didn't need to fight Aspen Ladd, but she did, credit to her. And... She gets on the mic, and Bisping says, what do you think is going to be next? And she goes, we'll see what UFC think is next. <laughs> I'm like, you tell them what's next, Jermaine. You tell them. You say, I fucking lost to Amanda Nunes. She's starching these girls, and I'm the only one that can hang with her. Let me uh, get back in there and write that wrong. That's what you say. I mean, not that I'm a, really a GDR fan, if I was her fucking manager, that's what I would tell her to say. I mean, dude, and and, and as far as the rematch, like again, I think she poo-pooed her chances, like from 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 not really seizing the moment. And it, you you already had a controversial stoppage, you know. 
you could have just said, you know, oh, I, I, um, that was the beginning of the, of the end anyway. Like she could have kind of like sort of similar to what Kevin Lee did against Michael Chiesa. He was like, oh, he was done anyway. Fuck him. I'm moving on. Um, and, and now people might be talking about a fucking lad rematch. You know what I mean? But as, as far as wit weight, um, she does the Amanda fight at, it's interesting because she made it very clear that she had no interest in fighting a featherweight. She was offered that special title fight. You know, Holly was a bantamweight as well. She does a winnable fight. And she she took that fight. Now, I did think Holly won that fight. That's a separate issue. But on paper, she won. She got the belt. And um, they asked her, what's next? And she goes, oh, I got to have surgery on my hand. And then, uh, wh- wh- What? Uh, she ducked Cyborg for like a year and then they stripped her and she said that she told the UFC going into the fight that her plan was always to go to 135. She said she thinks it's the Queens division or some shit like that. So um, if the UFC throw enough money at her, she might want to, she might do the the fight at 45 just because Amanda has been very vocal about wanting to defend her 45 bell and go back and forth. Um, and Cyborg win or lose against Felicia Spencer, I do not think is going to re-sign with the UFC. And that's really the only other fight for Amanda at 145. Um, however, um, they could do the, the Jermaine fight at 145 just for that reason. But she, but she's the number one contender at Bantamweight. So, like, you know, it's really up to... At this point, I think, honestly, Amanda holds the cards. You know what I mean? Or, and the UFC, of course. But um, So it's kind of up to them. But I thought that was a really great question. Not as good, though, uh, as his other question, which I completely fucking uh, missed at all. He said on, on, on the forum on Twitter, he said, Herb Dean has been fucking up lately, and the Aspen lad GDR early stoppage was borderline criminal. I was of um, Phil's hyperbole. Should the UFC, quote, Mario Yamasaki him, and this is the this is what I I feel so bad that I miss is because that is a good point. But but I I went back and and uh, by the way I think Ref Mario Yamasaki on Twitter might listen to this podcast. Shout shout out to to you uh, if you do. You're a great fucking follow on MMA Twitter. But um, as far as the um, course of action or what he's referring to about you know mario yamasaki after the um, shevchenko cashuera fight that wasn't borderline criminal that was criminal uh shevchenko could have killed that girl and uh, mario basically let it happen uh but as far as what herbs dean dean is doing it's just kind of a series of of, of kind of fuck-ups but he's had at least some reason for them it seems again i said this last episode he needs to come out and say something like we need to hear from herb as to why you know what i mean but um in terms of uh the course of action i went back and kind of looked at some of the bad bad calls i thought herb dean had made and most if not all of them were main events and ariel has been talking about this on his podcast uh it's not really a fucking podcast. It's a show. He's on goddamn ESPN for for Christ's sake. But um, he's been talking about how refs can be like fighters and that they sort of can lose their confidence after moments like these, uh, which he's had you know quite a few of. And you need to kind of build them back up. Now Herb does a lot of work overseas and on, on like regional amateur shows. Like when you're a ref, you don't just do the big things. Like if you make, like as a fighter, like if you make it to the big show, you stay there. Like they just do everything. Like I. I <laughs> 
uh, what was it, like a year and a half ago, I was at MSG watching um, some Muay Thai fights. Not the main MSG, the theater at MSG, the Hulu theater. And uh, Dan Mergliata was refing like uh, amateur Muay Thai or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, they, they go all over. And um, I think they should move Herb to the prelims, if you will. But this sucks, though, because, and I think I made this point uh, last episode, is that, or at least I wanted to anyway, and this is why I fucked up by missing this question. Um, the UFC and really the commissions, yeah, just, just MMA in general, is short on high-level experienced referees, which he is. You know, this decision aside, he is probably one of the best uh, referees that we have. He's just been fucking up lately. And um, when you put a non-seasoned, uh, you know, a non-experienced ref in a main event, they can do terrible things. I offer you Todd Anderson refing the fucking Holly Holm GDR fight as an example. Dude, Todd Anderson didn't give a fuck about those extra shots or anything really and uh, cost Holly that belt as far as I'm concerned. And Herb Dean at least knows what to do in certain situations and, you know... It just sucks. So I, I get what he's going, what you were going for, Phil, with that should the UFC Mario Yamasaki him. And I don't think they should, but they need to do something. And it's really the commissions that employ these refs, but they have a say in who they get. So they can definitely do something. And they can they can say, we don't want Herb in a main event for a while. But then again, Dana likes to double down on controversy. So if people think that was a bad stoppage, you know, he might say, hey, fuck you. If you think that was a bad stoppage, you should never watch a fight ever again. So, you know, who knows? But thank you, Phil, um, and uh, anyone uh, participating in this um, forum, really. Uh, it was awesome, and I'm going to be doing that for every fight. Uh, it's mostly just a... You know, I'll, I'll be honest, it's mostly just like fuel for this podcast, but it's it's it's, it's more to, as a place for all of us to go, you know, and, and then we can talk about it here. And I'd love to hear your guys' input. Um, so speaking of that, um, we do have some awesome voice questions that I wanted to get on the podcast. So um, f- first up, we got uh, we got Ricky and I want to see what he has to say. Mark's podcast. Juice, what's up, man? It's Ricky from the MMAMA Marks podcast. And my question for you is since Faber basically called out Henry Cejudo, do you think that him jumping the line straight for a title shot is fair to the other competitors and contenders in that division? And how do you feel about sport versus entertainment value in the UFC playing field today? And I'll hear your thoughts. All right, man. Good show. See you. Oh, man. Love that guy. Uh, I've said on this podcast a couple times, the MMA Marks, uh, one of my favorite podcasts in the MMA community because it just feels like you are um, talking about fights with your friends, having a beer, uh, and that's what I like 
in um, in a podcast at times. You know, there's there's room for everything, and that's certainly one of my favorite things. And uh, <laughs> on uh, episode 35 of their show, I uh, had sent in a question for them. Who you think would win in a fight, me or Ricky, or me or, or either of them? And Ricky went fucking ham, basically called me a piece of shit. <laughs> so if you haven't uh, listened to that, go check that out. It was awesome. I got them all wound up, and 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 we cool. Don't want that smoke, Ricky. It's okay. That was a joke. Um, but <laughs> to to your to answer your question, this is a very interesting and a very good question. I think because it's an important conversation to have. And I want to say my stance is this, as far as sport versus entertainment, I hate sports. And that's why I am so late to MMA because I thought it was a sport for the longest time. I was like, I don't want to fucking watch sports. But then I realized it's, 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 it's not, it's, it's more, it does not deserve to be in the category uh, of, of football and, and soccer and other, other bullshit. It is something completely entirely. And as far as like, um, competitive architecture, you know, they can do whatever they want. And one of the things that, that draws me to, um, to, to MMA is, is the theatrics, the fucking storylines and the, just the craziness that happens and the drama or whatever. Like you may be a purist and and you can call yourself a hardcore fan. This is not you, just, just anyone listening. You know, you can call yourself a purist, you can call yourself a hardcore fan, but we're not all fucking, you know, unless you're a Kaposa, you're not up at 4 a.m. watching like Jakarta MMA uh, with with no fucking storylines. You're not sitting here watching like ACB 45 three times in a row. Like no one can actually just consume that much combat unless you're a rare breed. You need the drama. You need to know why they're fighting. You need all these kind of things. And part of that, you know, as far as storyline, part of that is the competitive architecture. Part of part of the story of why um, Aljamain certainly should fight Henry Cejudo is that he's fought his way back after a tough knockout demolishing some top competition dude i was in atlantic city aljo beat the brakes off brett johns and brett johns isn't like uh in the in the top 15 now i don't think or if he's not uh, considered a contender anymore but at that time dude, he was undefeated i think i think aljo gave him his first loss that that was a good ass win for him and then he beat jimmy rivera he beat pedro munoz like he's fucking next so to answer the other other part of your question, um, it is not fair. Um, but then to, to also go back to what I said, and this is like uh, where your question is kind of interesting, is that Faber is a storyline, no matter what. So, and I don't think he would he would come back just for like a one off for some fun fights. He said he wanted the belt, so Hudo called him out. And I think if they're going to, like I said this last time, and just the more I think about it, the more it makes sense, an interim fight between him and Aljamain would sell, and I and I would buy it. Uh, but I don't buy Uriah versus Cejudo tomorrow. I don't buy that. I buy Cejudo versus Benavidez, and I buy Aljo versus Faber for the interim right now. Um, or, you know, maybe... Aljo doesn't get to fight and whatever and then and Faber fights another top contender like a Sun Sour or something you know to get to get a shot you know that would sell but not not Faber versus Cejudo right away uh, although can I just say Uriah I think is winning the trash talk between them it is hilarious I mean Cejudo 
made this post. I said, oh, my little corn-rolled princess, which was cute. First of all, Henry, they're cornrows, so get it right. Um, but second of all, that was funny. And then uh, <laughs> Uriah Faber just said, you can triple see these nuts in your face when you're on the canvas. Oh, my God, that was amazing, dude. I don't care if he's a 40-year-old man making CD's nuts jokes. He's fucking making fun of the fact that Henry Cejudo calls himself the triple C. I'm all in on that. Um, however, I want to put a bookmark in it because fuck, fuck that. Aljo needs his shot. Uh, I think this is another question about favor. What is going on, Aaron? Uh, this is Cody. Brent. Wait, did you just call me Aaron? Did you know that every episode starts with this is the Fighting With Myself podcast named Juice? Huh, continue. Friends call me Gator. You can call me Cody. Friends call you Gator, but I call you Cody. Well, friends call me Juice, so I guess that makes sense. Um, my question for you is basically do you think Uriah Faber coming in there and just dominating the way he did and 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 winning so quickly is going to kind of open a floodgate of sorts of these older retired never really got there but still always wanted to fighters coming back and making another run um, I know Bisping did KO Rockhold, like that's some big feat now. But I mean, could you see him coming back? Oh man, actually, that's a really good question. By the way, all love to Cody. This guy is a very underrated follow on MMA Twitter. Um, very good engagement, very good opinions, uh, as you can kind of tell from that. Um, I just thought it was interesting to call me Aaron. Um, <laughs> that's just funny. Uh, dude. He did look great, and I think I think even even so, fighters have to have this, you know, different gene to where you know they have to think even if they have lost you know three in a row, they have to go into everything thinking that they can win with with one hundred percent confidence, and so that's what that gene that that philosophy is what is what causes people to hang on for too long. You know, they think they it's kind of sort of like the gambler's fallacy where, you know, you you think your odds reset every time. So even though you're losing, you're like, you know, I'm just one more. I'm just one more away. I'm just one more away. Like that's the kind of thing that happens. But I think even even older, you know, about to be retired or recently retired fighters realize that Uriah is a different breed um, just because of his um wrestling background and this fighting style and staying in the gym and clean lifestyle like you know he's not out partying like they understand and he hasn't like taken a lot of damage in his career so that's kind of what what was able to um, make him come back the way he did and i i know you were kind of using bisping as an example you know just like oh anybody else you know bisping is not coming back and if he does i will fucking not dude his health is like not where it needs to be he has one good eye and he said after the gaslam knockout the good eye was giving him problems do not anybody talk about a bisping comeback he is my second favorite fighter i fucking love bisping but he is not making a comeback while i am a fan no 
Um, but I would I would hope that it doesn't have like a surge of like old. I mean, God damn it, Tito Ortiz is fighting Alberto Del Rio in Combate America, so maybe. I mean, that has nothing to do with Faber, but fuck. I don't know why that got me so fired up. Please, please, uh, please be gentle with Bisping. I need him. All right. I have this question from one of my favorite follows on MMA Twitter. And I was going to save it for next week because it is very um, not pertaining to these fights. I could play it any time. Uh, however, it's relevant to another question that I need to play. So I'm going to play it right now. This is uh, AJ the Giant's dad on Twitter. Shout out, Punk. What's up, Juice? This is the Punk Rock Dad here. Uh, me and the champ just want to know why everybody's counting out Frankie Edgar. The last time there was a big, bad Hawaiian running around with the belt, Frankie's the one that spanked him, not once, but twice. And, you know, what makes people think that he's not going to do the same thing to Max, especially with Max coming off a loss, man. You know, uh, Frankie's got some superb wrestling. I think he can take him down and just grind it out for five rounds, honestly. Uh, side note. Chris from Scotland, you absolutely suck. Puba, I'll see you in Nork in a couple weeks, buddy. Everybody else, rock on. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. First off, love the love the Jersey dialect. Can't get enough of it. And if you guys don't know, when he says the champ, that's his son. Um, you got to follow this guy on Twitter, AJ the Giant's dad. You got to follow him on Twitter. Post videos of, of him like suplexing his kid and stuff like that. And, and just like, uh, almost like they have a little cave. Dude, it's it's the best. I fucking love it. And as far as the question goes, Frankie Edgar is to Jersey as George St. Pierre is to Canada. He is our king. And so if you think this is a podcast, and not AJ, but if anyone else thinks this is a podcast that is going to say anything negative about Frank Yeager, put on a vest with pockets and take a hike. Dude, I was thinking about this. I wonder if Frank Yeager just gets free shit everywhere he goes. And he's such a nice guy. He probably like wants to pay. He's like, no, please take my money. I want to support local businesses. But I bet he goes into a pizza shop, dude. And a fucking little teenager at the window is like, well, that'll be five seventy-eight, please. And the manager is like, what's the matter with you? Who raised you? Do not know who this is. This is Frankie the Answer. Who the fuck are you to charge Frankie the Answer? Get the fuck out of here. Go home to your mother. Dude, just to get back to your, <laughs> the actual point of what you said, why are people counting them out? I don't know. And here's the thing. Does he have like a winning streak going? No. Was his last fight recently? No. So all of these things are kind of playing into the whole narrative people kind of forgot frankie you know it goes all goes into that old adage about you're only as good as your last one i mean let's talk about for the second for a second he did get uh knocked out by uh, brian ortega or tko'd if you want to say that two fights ago but then he comes back less than two months later 
I debated this with Genghis because I thought it was one month, so I wanted to be cool, but he was like, well, it was like fucking uh, closer to two months, whatever. That's fine. Uh, but, dude, he smoked Cub Swanson, and I was front, uh, I was not front row, but I was like, I was on the first riser. <laughs> I was on the first riser for that fight, and it was incredible. Dude, he put a pace on Cub, and, I mean, Max is one of those guys that can weaponize pace as well. So I don't think Frankie's necessarily going to outwork Max. But what you said about the wrestling could definitely come into play. And uh, the BJ Penn analogy is relevant just just because of the whole Hawaiian thing. And that's why Max wants that fight. But stylistically, I mean, Max is a fucker to take down. So that's going to be really interesting. But I think he can do it. I think he can do it. It's enough for me to not bet on the fight, I'll tell you that. I'm not a betting man anyway because um, um, that's a different story for another podcast. But um, I, I don't bet on fights. But uh, if I were, that's not that's a lie. Dude, I, I fucking uh, – I used – this is so stupid, but I'm going to say this because I think you guys will laugh. Um, I used the uh, promo code from, from one of the uh, MMA podcasts to get some free money on BetDSI. To put money on Artem Lobov to beat Cub Swanson. I thought he was going to do it, dude. Don't make fun of me. I was like, I have a feeling about Artem, man. I have a feeling. And that's why, that's, I mean, I already was not going to bet on fights after that. But that's when I learned that you don't fucking bet on fights. Because your emotions get in the way. Um, But yeah, um, it's not something I would bet on. But um, I like Frankie's chances. This is going to be a dog fight. He's going to make it a dog fight. And I can't wait. Um. All right. Remember, remember the name Age of the Giant said. Remember that. And I'm not gonna for the next question, but for the one after it. So, so here's uh, the second. Uh, this is from Buddy. The second half of MMA Marks. Hey Juice, it's Buddy from MMA Marks. I just wanted to ask you one question. Um, what do you think is worse, a bad stoppage or a bad decision? Better late than never, right? <laughs> Dude. This is a great question. And first of all, shout out to MMA Marks, dude. Buddy, who you just heard, is kind of the brains behind their social media, and they're killing it. And I know like 90% of the people that listen to this podcast are probably from MMA Twitter uh, or just Twitter in general. Um, Buddy is more active on Instagram, and and Ricky as well. They're more on Instagram. So if you have an Instagram, follow them. Also follow them on Twitter. They they they're they're getting there. We you know we we try you know. But as far as uh, their Instagram, they're killing it. And if you haven't seen Buddy's uh, edits, like his you know like artwork or whatever for fucking some of the things, insane dude. Check it out. I tweeted out today. He fucking um, you know on Instagram you can do the questions or whatever. And he was saying you know what are favorite knockouts and it's not my absolute favorite, but a lot of the good ones were taken and um, so one that um is definitely in my like top three or top five is um yair rodriguez over korean zombie recently because it was just fucking bananas and uh he made this sick edit with zombie with like fucking blood coming out of his head and like zombies in the background oh my god i got chills it was so good you guys gotta check that out um and give him a follow while you're at it for christ's sake but um great question what what do you think is better a a bad stoppage or, or a bad decision and i I'm not bullish on this, so I think like I, I kind of want to start a debate about this. You know, if you if you if you don't like my answer, definitely tweet at me. We'll we'll have a little bit of a debate on this, but I think a this a bad decision is worse. Uh, well, ah, oh, fuck. See, this is why it's such a good question because because even saying that, I'm not like 
too too hyped on it because uh, an early an early stoppage is protecting someone from themselves like when, when we say bad stoppage it's rarely a late stoppage at least i hope you know like a late stoppage is definitely worse i mean without question i think um but the bad decision like see if i was a fighter like i wouldn't get too too um bent out of shape over a bad decision unless it was like a number one contender fight cost me a title shot things like that or cost me a title you know if you're taco santos and you think you won that fight um but if it's just your regular run-of-the-mill decision it's like that's someone's opinion on a fight basically so it's just sort of like a criticism of your work and it's like ah, didn't get the job done didn't impress him enough i move on but a uh uh a bad, a bad decision. God, what am I saying? I'm like an idiot. I feel like I have CT right now. Uh, a bad stoppage. So I started this by saying a bad decision was worse, and then I said it was not that bad. Um, but I, but I think what I meant is like I was thinking about Uzdemir and Reyes. Is there anyone who thinks Reyes actually won that fight? Aside from two judges? Or is there anyone that thinks Blogoy Ivanov beat Ben Rothwell? Aside from two judges? I mean, like, that's what what, what I was thinking. Like, bad decisions I kind of dwell on. Like, if it's a really agreed decision, I'm like, as a fan, I'm like, what the fuck did you just watch? Are we watching the same fight? But early stoppage, it's kind of like, you know, the ref saw what he saw and we're, we're like not... See, see, as a judge, we kind of have the same point of view as them. You know, as but it, as a ref, we don't have the same point of view as them. So if they have make a bad stoppage, we can kind of see what they saw or we can't. That's what I'm saying. We can't see what they saw. But with a judge, it's like... We're watching the same fight, dude. You're watching on a monitor. I'm watching it on a monitor. Get the fuck out of here, judges. All right. I'm rambling too long. We got a another voice question. And this dude is coming in hot. It's going to be a great note to end this little uh, addendum. So take it away, senor. Questions. I got a question for you. You put me, I say dude a lot, in a room with Genghis, Rock Dad the Punk King, and the only way is MMA. You put us in a room together. Who's even with the belt? Uh, oh, yeah. That's what the fuck I'm talking about, man. Dude, if you are not following this gentleman, get on it. And while I uh, ramble, I'm going to look up his handle so I can give him a proper shout out because this guy is the shit. So what I love about these questions, here we go, is it's at JRSP underscore 1978. One of the best follows on, on MMA Twitter. Um, really fucking super positive, uh, but also like funny as fuck and uh shouts people out all the time um big supporter of the podcast and uh also i think about his handle well like once a once a 
once a week when I'm recording because I fucking say dude a lot. And you know that if you listen to this podcast. And that's literally his name, as he kind of said in that. Uh, <laughs> and it's so funny. To, this guy's just like working out all the time on social media. You could see him. And uh, when, when, I, when I looked at his account, I would always think like, that guy must have a super fucking intense voice. And I was, I was hoping it wouldn't disappoint. And after listening to that message, dude, that is exactly what I thought he would sound like. And uh, I kind of want to just end it there and not even answer it. Because basically, that was a call out. He was calling out uh, Genghis. He was calling out the, uh, <laughs> the only way is MMA. He was calling out Rock Dad Punk King. He was calling out all those guys saying, put him in a room. Who would win with the belt? So I'm going to say, it's me. And anyone else, feel free to disagree and send in your fucking questions. Um, thank you guys for listening to this. If you did, I have a feeling this won't get as many uh, views. People probably don't give a shit about this little addendum, but that's fine. This is not for everyone. This is for me and Phil and uh, the MMA Marks, whose questions I missed. So uh, this is for us, and thank you. As I like to say, good night and good fights. <laughs>